Hey everybody, it's John with Ubali Report, the one podcast that provides fact, not fiction, and just kind of enlighten Americans about what's going on nationally and internationally. And normally I would have my Ubali Reports um, group, but today it's just Joe Bitts, a combat Marine who was wounded in Iraq, and myself, a three um, combat tour Marine in both Iraq and Afghanistan, and we're going to talk about issues that are probably impacting. I know Tuesday, excuse me, Monday was the Iowa caucus. And we saw that um, Donald. Let's talk about that freight train. Yeah, so Donald Trump won the Iowa caucus by, DeSant- a, lot, right? by a lot, over about fifty-one percent of the vote. And uh, Ron DeSantis came in second, just narrowly beating out Nikki Haley. Now they moved to New Hampshire, and it seems like it's reversed there. It seems like Donald Trump is up a lot, then Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis being third. Now there is a debate coming up. Is it this no? Week? They canceled it. Okay, why did they cancel? Because I think um, Nikki Haley and, wanted Trump to show up, and, and is no, and and I'm not sure at this point. Trump, I think Trump maybe needs to get into the not needs, but it would be nice to refreshing to see them debate each other. Mm-hmm. So if he goes into the general election, Joe uh, Joe Biden can't use that. Well, you didn't debate your challengers, even though Joe Biden didn't debate any of his challengers. So what kind of when, what caucus is Joe Biden going to show up in? Well, right now, the, the, this caucus is over yeah. for Iowa. So he's pushing. He's not going to be – didn't show up in Iowa, bowed out in New Hampshire. Now he's going to the first primary – the second primary, which is South Carolina. And if everybody remembers back in 2020, Joe Biden didn't do well in both Iowa or New Hampshire. And South Carolina put got him, his momentum going, stopped the bleeding. And they it seems like the DNC forced everybody out. Mm-hmm. And then he just went from there. All right. So is this now administration, are they prepping themselves for, is, okay, okay, never mind. Is this, is the Trump train going to happen or, because you see a lot of the media kind of curtailing their attack now towards Trump. I think it's going to, it, it, okay. Trump won the Iowa caucus. It looks like if everything goes right, he'll win New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And then by this time, if you get to South Carolina and he wins there, then I think it's it's game's over and it's just all um, Donald Trump. And I think Joe Biden's campaign against Donald Trump is to attack him like he's a threat to democracy. Yeah. And I think the reason is because he can't go – normally when you run for re-election, it's a referendum on your 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 presidency. And if it was – if there was a booming economy or the economy was perceived to be doing really well – if people felt better, uh, Joe Biden would do far better. Mm-hmm. But right now, he's the latest. It was the latest ABC poll. He was as far down as ninety-one percent. I mean, not ninety-one percent, as far down as thirty-one percent. Dealing with a nation that's divided, and majority of it's divided against him, because even as something as simple as you know Israel versus Palestine, he can't kind of he can't lean or go to a certain side well, because he'll. he'll kind of disembowel all the other people that were kind of honest. I think Joe Biden campaigned in 2020 as I'm Scranton Joe. I'm I'm one of you. I came from Scranton, uh, Pennsylvania. He campaigned, I'm going to heal the nation's wounds from the traumatic and bombastic Donald Trump. But as soon as he came in, he governed to the far left. And if you look at the how he speaks to people who disagree with him, like before the 2022 uh, midterms, he did that really 
really hateful speech with the two Marines in the background claiming that MAGA Republicans are, are fascists and a threat to democracy. That's hardly a way to unite. Now, Mark Penn, he's a Democratic pollster who was a pollster for uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton. He said, okay, yeah, Joe Biden, okay, even if he wins the election by campaigning against your opponent as a threat to democracy, yeah, you may win, but you're not going to have any coattails. And then you got to deal with the, the party that you despised as fascist. So even if Joe Biden does does win the presidency, the second term is not going to be an easy road for Joe Biden to, to deal with. Yeah, and then also um, I heard a good observation on the radio yesterday was how I was saying that uh, Kamala Harris is kind of like making rounds, especially like to like something like, like the View. Today, yeah, yesterday or today. I think it was and, yesterday on the View. It's really kind of like being critical of us by saying, you know, you guys should appreciate all this stuff we're, all this good stuff that we're doing for you. So, like, basically they're kind of telling us that we should be appreciating the, their accomplishments more. Well, the thing is it's difficult. Joe Biden went to, to get a smoothie, and they reeled it back saying, oh, he was just joking with the press. But he got there, and he looks like he was just stunned how – how much a smoothie cost. Now, as much as Joe Biden wants to spin that, look what we've done, and he's passed some legislation, the CHIPS Act, the American Rescue Plan, Inflation Reduction and Infrastructure, but none of those had tangible benefits to the middle class. Mm -hmm. Almost all the things he passed benefited corporate America. So if you look at small business, they're, they're really reeling. Now, he touted that the jobless report, job report for December came out, and it was, um, what was it? Um, what am I going with this? Um, that he created all these jobs. Mm-hmm. But if you look deeper into the um, the job report, most of the jobs were created were government jobs. Most of the jobs were like fifty nine thousand were government. Yeah. Fifty thousand were healthcare in the healthcare were uh, service. More government healthcare. Um, jobs. But then you look deeper, each month came out, they downgraded the previous month's job creation. So then you factor in last for the fall of uh, 2023, 1.7 million full-time jobs were eliminated and 700,000 part-time jobs were created. I got a friend at work, works two jobs. They would count that as two two jobs. So is the, so is the Biden administration kind of inflating their own job numbers? I think they're inflating, and but they're not giving an accurate... But it's not just Joe Biden. If they're creating their own jobs to, to go on their jobs report to make them look better than they're creating. And it's almost like it's like you making your own money. But see, it's, it's, it's... Politicians inflate all the time. That's just the nature of the beast. They always want to make it look better than it is. But that's where the media comes in to hold them accountable, but they're not. So if you look at the overall economy, even when the inflation report went up to th- from 3.1 to 3.4, it showed the areas where inflation or prices went up. That was food, utilities, gas, mm-hmm. um, transportation, brand new cars, used cars, um, airline, all the tangible things that Americans deal with on a daily, daily day-to-day basis went up. So that's... 
that's the issue that um, Biden is dealing with. The American people don't see their lives getting better. Now you factor in 8 million illegal immigrants who have poured across the southern border, and you listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre and said, this is all the Republicans' fault because they didn't pass our comprehensive immigration bill. Well, I read his immigration bill. It had nothing to do with stopping the flow. It had everything to do with Hiring more agents. More agents. And, I, and it's, it's, it's strange because I work at a law enforcement supply company. I'm not a cop, but I work at a law enforcement supply company. And I get the chance to speak to federal, state, and local law enforcement officials. Mm-hmm. I spoke to a gentleman who was an ICE agent, and he worked. He had just come back from Eagle Pass. And he said this was far different under Trump. As much as you can say about Trump, even Jamie Dimon, the president of um, J.P. Morgan, said Democrats are making a mistake to criticize those who support Donald Trump. I support Donald Trump, and I think you do too. Absolutely. Okay, but I don't. Well, lo- okay, but I don't. I support the R more than I do Trump. Okay, but okay, but I don't like Trump's rhetoric. I I, okay, okay, you do. But for me, I don't like that bombastic, always attacking. I like okay. Shaking, I like him shaking the tree. Okay, but that's what Jamie Dimon said. People who support Donald Trump, they don't really like his rhetoric. They don't like his, his always attacking people. He doesn't need to attack them like he attacked the governor of Iowa for not backing him. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they like when the economy was doing well. They liked the fact that the border was the most secure border we've ever had. They liked the fact that we didn't have ongoing conflicts in the Middle East. Fast forward to today. What does Joe Biden have? When the last month, last year of Joe, I mean, of Donald Trump's presidency, 420,000 people crossed the border. We had 1.7 in Biden's first year. Mm-hmm. Went to 2.7 the next year. And it's also almost close to three in 2023. What's it going to be like now? We're over a million or close to it in just the first few months. And we're in that ICE agent was correct. As I told him, I think one of my prediction was immigration is going to explode because if they perceive a Republican's going to win and the border is going to be shut, they're going to pour across just to get over here. So then you look at the world. This, but I think the the Democrats are kind of maybe shooting themselves in the foot with this whole immigration thing because the people that are coming over the border know what it's like to be under a kind of a certain country or the same kind of country that they left is trying to be. So if they see the opportunity and they do have the opportunity to vote illegally, I think they're going to, I think they're going to sway the vote to Donald Trump. But you never know. And one of the problems that Democrats are having, this is self-inflicted. Democrats wanted this because they kept giving benefits. Like California just started on January 1st. Anybody that comes to California, regardless of immigration status, if you can't afford health care, Medicaid is going to cover it. No, even further than that, if you want to transition, exactly, you're more than welcome well, to. Well, look at Denver. There was a hospital in Denver, and I can't remember which one it was, Stated they spent $130 million on health care for illegals who are paying nothing. Yeah. Well, somebody's paying, so that means the American taxpayer is paying. It's definitely, the, they're going to roll that over to somebody. Yeah. So you have all, then you look at the world. They always said Donald Trump's going to get in 
and he's going to blow up the war. We're going to go into war. Yeah. Jamie Dimon, the president of J.P. Morgan, said Trump was right on NATO. Trump was right on China. Now, look where we're at right now. We have a proxy war with Russia that's no, no end in sight in Ukraine. You've got a conflict in the Middle East. We're getting deeper and deep with no strategy what he's trying to pretend. We got a potential conflict with China. We got issues throughout Africa. We got problems in our own hemisphere with millions of illegal storm in our border. And then you got a potential conflict with Venezuela and Guyana over energy in that eastern part of, excuse me, the western part of Guyana, which is an ally of the United States. Now, this was supposed to be the president that knew foreign policy, knew everybody. I know all these people because I've been dealing with it. And then the argument from Corinne Jean-Pierre and some Democrats is Joe Biden's got experience. You can't make up for experience. Experience in what? We're $34 trillion in debt. He was responsible, except the debt incurred under Trump. And as experienced as he might be, he might have it. But between his cognitive ability, he can't use it. But even, okay, going back to the cognitive ability... Um, David Axelrod, who was an advisor to political advisor to Barack Obama, stated people can't get past the age. Now, they would mitigate the age if the economy and their perception of the economy or their own finances were better. Mm -hmm. But they're not. Then you look. okay, but then you look at this. He's not. He hasn't held a press conference in months. And when he does, you ask four questions and he moves on. Yeah. Or you got to shout a question. I was watching over on Saturday when the Taiwanese uh, president got reelected. So they asked him, what do you think about this? And he goes, I don't. And he walked over and it was like watching my father, who was 92, mm-hmm. just kind of that old man. And I'm not trying to disparage the elderly, but I don't want somebody 81 who's really slowing down running our country. I think I came up with a good question. I think it's a good topic to discuss. What would stop you from voting for Trump? And it's not like, because you always say there's stuff you don't like about the, I don't like it. What, what is going to, yeah, you don't like his rhetoric and stuff like that. You can't use If I. You, dead stop. What would dead stop you from voting for Trump? If I, before I go into that question, if I had a choice, I wouldn't vote for Trump. I would vote for another Republican okay. for the simple reason I want some, okay. Then I'll answer that other question. I want somebody who can serve two full terms. That was my bit. The second part of the question is if I knew for a fact, not these trumped up charges they have on them, Mm -hmm. if I found out there was a legitimate legal reason that he did something illegal that was legitimate, not what the Justice Department threw in, not what they just perceived he did, I want to... a legitimate legal reason that he did something illegal, then I wouldn't support him. But right now, I haven't seen it. Mine is just his age. Well, I, he I is. Really wish, I really wish he was younger. He's he's going to be in the era, uh, the Biden era, age era. Yeah, that but. I think his cognitive functions for right now. Are good. Are good. But we, we kind of saw on the campaign trail that last year of Biden's cognitive functions declining very, very fast. See, now everybody's, okay, everybody's different. I mean, forget the politics. Look at Henry Kissinger. 
He was all the way up until 99, just days before he died. He was sharp as a tack. Minus, forget the politics. I know people have love or hate the guy. But he was sharp as can be. There's others that were sharp as can be. The problem is we have a president that is clearly can't put words together. Now, I was talking with that ICE agent today, and one of the biggest fears I have, and everybody says if Joe Biden gets into a second term, he won't live. He'll die in office. Okay. That but could, you want to die in a job? But if he dies in office, forget again what you think of the person. If Biden dies, Kamala Harris becomes the vice president. So it's an easy transition. President dies, vice president takes over. What happens if Joe Biden has a stroke? My dad had a very, very mild stroke before he died. Mm-hmm. And his, he slurred his words, but he wasn't incapacitated mentally. But the 25th Amendment, all it says is in case the incapacitation of a president, you can, you can get 75% of the cabinet with the vice president and you can remove the president. But what happens? Cabinet, his, cabinet? his cabinet. Okay, so what happens if he's not incapacitated? He just can't f- mentally or physically do the job. So if I was Kamala, I'd start rallying the troops to kind of overturn. But see, but that takes time. So think about this: if Joe Biden's in the second term and he can't physically, or mentally do the job, he had some kind of illness. One, everybody wants to know what was his illness because look at Lloyd Austin. Lloyd Austin, 70, is 11 years younger than Joe Biden. So he's 70 years old. He had prostate cancer. Didn't tell anybody. He was snuck into the hospital. They had to go back, put him in an um, ICU, go under from surgery to fix some, um, I guess he had some infections. We don't, and they hid that one. And Peter Ducey asked um, John Kirby that same question. How do we have confidence that we know what Joe Biden's health conditions are? All we are told, as Corinne Jean-Pierre always says, we can't keep up with them. Okay. What is it? Remember, they wanted Donald Trump to take a cognitive test, and he did. And then Ronnie Jackson, who's now a congressman from Texas, he sat there in the well of the, the press room and took every question for two hours. Has any doctor from Joe Biden done the same thing? So that's the thing that worries me the most. He gets reelected, and then he had an illness where he can't serve, and then we got to figure out, can he be replaced via the 25th Amendment? Then you got to factor in, that takes time. So what's the world going to do knowing American president is incapacitated or not fully functioning? The vice president can't make these decisions because she hasn't given the constitutional mandate to make those. And the, the Secretary of Defense can defend American you know, things, but he can't institute constitutionally military action. He needs approval from the president. Mm-hmm. So then what is the economy doing knowing that we can't act? He can't sign anything, any legislation economically or any disaster disasters come up. Can't do anything because you need the president's signature. But he's, he's ill. He's not... It's almost like that movie, and it was in the 80s. Dave. Dave. What do we do then? What would the, the economy would tank, and the adversaries would run roughshod? Maybe there's a different Biden. Maybe there's like, maybe there's like a President Biden, and there's a campaign Biden, and then 
as the like. As as but see, but even during the campaign, his aides like right now he hasn't held one White House event, mm-hmm. and we're it's the 18th of January. He hasn't held a press conference in months. Yeah. Like we're initiating military operations against the Houthis. What's our strategy? What's our end game? Why don't you take? Why don't you reassure Americans of what we're doing? We have a crisis at the border. We have a budget issue going right now. The potential government shutdown. It looks like they're going to push it off till March. Why hasn't the president taken a press conference to explain what's he trying to do? Yeah. Where are we going? Why are they pushing it off? Why are they pushing it off? All they're doing is just because they can't get the massive like they used to do. Go through the committees, reconcile it all together, and pass one big bill. They just. We go through these little stopgap measures. We just push it off and push still, it off. Uh, like Ukraine is still a big part of contention. When it comes that was it. It was Ukraine. Well, they want Ukraine funding, Taiwan funding, also um, Israeli funding, and the border. Okay. B- Biden doesn't want to link them all together. I mean, excuse me. Biden wants them all together. The Republicans say, we're not going to fund Ukraine yeah. until we fund our border, until we stop the border. Mm-hmm. But Biden is uh, was is facing his progressive um, allies, and they don't want to do any of this Shut stuff. Down hurt Trump. I think it's more going to be. I think this time it's going to be more Biden. So if there's a shutdown, it could hurt. It's going to hurt Biden. It's going to hurt both, but I think this time because everybody's facing the problem at the border, and you're seeing some Democrats. Um, Swing over in the House to the de- to the Repu- to the Republican side. We've got to secure the border, yeah. and there are you're seeing the, the governors of Illinois and New York complaining. You see Mayor Adams of New York City and Brandon Johnson of Chicago. They're blaming Greg Abbott, but the really ad- reality they need to blame themselves. You advocated for this. You gave everybody these benefits, and you're not. And Joe Biden can stop this right now. But he doesn't either doesn't want to or is incapable of trying to stop it. I don't think he knows. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the my biggest maybe uh, my biggest argument for all this is like if the president isn't doing anything, I'm pretty sure it's because he doesn't know. Like, oh, how's because basically it would almost be like you know you're opening up a business. Let's just say I'm opening up a business and I am opening a business. All and I open up a business, but I don't have three other partners. It's just me. And then what am I going to do? Well, I'm not only the president of the company, I'm also going to be running the gun range. I'm going to be running the gunsmithing. I'm going to be running the counter. I'm going to be hiring employees. I'm mm-hmm. talking to the. Okay. So eventually, if there's a lot of things that I need to do, I need to task those responsibilities to other people. So then those other people. You know, when I check in in the morning, because I got this meeting, I got this meeting, I got this meeting. Okay, my day's full. Okay, so-and-so, how's this going? So-and-so, how's that going? So, like, I can say, hey, you, how's the, how's the gunsmithing? Oh, it's going good, Joe. You know, oh, hey, how's the gun sales? Gun sales are up. Gun sales are great, you know. And if I don't, if I take it for what they're saying, that is all I have until... It's time to cash a check, which comes, you know, every four years for a president. But look what happened. What happened? You know, but look what realize what happened because he doesn't know. Well, and that's a good that's a good point that you make, and we're seeing it reality. 
on January 1st, and we said this last week, January 1st, the Secretary of Defense was taken to the hospital in an ambulance, and through the Freedom of Information Act, they told the ambulance company or whatever, don't use your sirens. We want to do this incognito. Mm -hmm. So Joe Biden on the 2nd was telling the Defense Department, hey, you need to coordinate with other allied navies to provide military operations and protect shipping in the um, Red Sea. Who did he talk to? Because he said it, we, he, the president didn't know for four days. So, uh, real quick, somebody puts up, uh, but Johnson, I guess it was maybe talking about the government sh shutdown, but Johnson rolled over anyway, didn't he? He got no money to, uh, for prevention uh, at the border. Ukraine, Ukraine got it. I would, I, I heard that they, um, and I'm not going to criticize that, that comment. I know that they did some kind of, at least I saw it quick before I came here. They did some kind of stopgap measure till March. So I don't know what was in it. I know that the Republicans only have a two, two seat majority or two vote majority. So sometimes you have to, you have to get what you get. It's only till March. This gives them more breathing room. Maybe they can get to a negotiation. So I don't know. I would have to go deep, read more into it. But, mm -hmm. but even still, if they push it off to March, we got a thirty-four trillion dollar debt. Yeah. We're sending money to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan to pay for. They already paid for their weapons. We just haven't delivered, and the border. So we can't keep paying for that. Why we are get, they so adamant about Ukraine? Why are they so adamant about paying? Ukraine. That's like my, that's my biggest. That's well, my, my biggest thing is this. When it comes to Ukraine, people have to look. If Ukraine falters, Putin is trying to rebuild the former Soviet Union. So now you have to look at the geography. And I wish I had a map. And that's why when we do the gun range, we'll have a radio, a studio there. Mm -hmm. I can put a map up. Well, there's another sliver between the, there's something called Kaliningrad. Yeah. It's Russian territory, not linked to Russia proper. So it's between Poland and Lithuania. Okay. If they ever bridge the bridge through that from Russia to Belarus into Kaliningrad, the Baltic states, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia are all NATO countries. If they go after, if Putin goes, he can roll into there right now. Mm -hmm. What would the response of the United States be? Because we got, remember, NATO says an attack on one is an attack on all. Yeah. So what would we well, do there? When you're NATO, yeah. You know, but okay. if the U.S. got attacked, NATO's going to be like, hey. No, yeah. but NATO did. The only time that was ever used, an attack on one was an attack on all, when NATO came to the aid of the United States during 9-11. Okay. So they invoked that article. Okay, so what if, if Russia goes into the Baltic states, what do you think Taiwan's doing? Our military is not as big as everybody thinks it is. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot of money. We're just not spending it wisely. So then this happens. And then it just it just sets a chain reaction that Iran could use the arm the Houthis, which they're doing. They could create a format a, a crisis there. What do you think energy prices were going to do? And, and then Russia could keep going into the other Eastern European countries, and they're all members of NATO. So then, what happens? Mm -hmm. And what if he does? What if he's threatened Finland? What if Russia decides to attack Finland? Now, the Finnish beat the crap out of Russia in 1939, 1940. Yeah. So, but Finland is also a NATO country. And Sweden, it looks like they're going to be joining 
if not in the next few weeks or few months, they're going to be joined. Then what happens? Yeah. So there's a the problem I fault the the, the Biden administration. It's not what you do when the conflict starts. How did you prevent the conflict from starting in the first place? He showed weakness from the very outset, especially with the, the, the abandoning of Afghanistan, leaving our allies in the lurch. Then he made the half-handed comment, well, Russia can do a minor incursion. What, everybody had to walk this back. He didn't. He always was telegraphing to put, this is what we won't do. Well, also, when it comes to like what's going on, because... Sometimes I hear stories, yes, Ukraine is is doing well. And then all of a sudden, oh, Russia's coming back. And then it's, oh, Ukraine's doing well. Oh, Russia's, you know. It's a back and forth thing. Russia is not, at times they do well, but for the most part, this Russia was supposed to take over Ukraine within weeks. Mm-hmm. Now we're going on two years, almost three years of conflict. So they're fighting back. And Russia's been decimated. But if we don't finish the job, Russia could reconstitute and come out even stronger because they're getting weapons from Iran, China. Well, not, well, excuse me, not China, but as far as we know, it was Iran and North Korea. All right, three major cities in Russia. Go. Uh, Leningrad, uh, Moscow, and Volograd, which is um, or, mostly close, closer to the more like of the European countries than they are towards the Asian countries. Most of the bigger co- Russian cities are closer to the um, European uh, landmass. Okay. You got to remember the other parts in the the um, the eastern part of Russia, mm-hmm. like um, Vladivostok, and those things are just frozen wasteland. They're, they're big. There's some big city, but not like in the the, the western part of the country. We should have never told Patton to back down. Things that. But if we did, we wouldn't have a Cold War, which means we wouldn't have space travel. But war. Truman, not Truman. Winston Churchill said, "Before you inst- before you start a war, you better be fully aware of what you're doing, mm-hmm. because if you don't, and this is where Joe Biden didn't listen, we're doing things, and it, it gets a, um, it gets away from you very fast, and it's hard to pull back." Oh, I, I kind of I go the same route with cash. I'd be like, "You really want to do this? Because if you do." And that's the point. We learned the same. We learned the harsh lesson in Iraq and Vietnam, Iraq and Afghanistan. We started with one aspect and it turned into something we were very unprepared for. So you got to be careful before you institute war. But remember, Washington always said the surest way to preserve peace is to prepare for war. And under Trump, the world, they feared him because he was unpredictable. But when he did act, he acted decisively. People can fault him for... A lot of things, but the the the, the Russians, the Chinese, and definitely the Iranians didn't mess with them because mm-hmm. he killed Russians, and he ki- took out Qasem Soleimani. Now Iran huffed and puffed and whined, but they didn't do anything after that. They're doing stuff now because mm-hmm. nobody fears this president. So uh, the one guy, Raw Master Guns, been a long time looking good and wanted to stop by and say hello. And then he said, and thank you for everything you've done for me and your country. Ah, well, thank you very much. Well, obviously he knows you. Yeah. Do you know him? What's his, what's his handle? That one guy. That one guy? That must be... A... Does that guy look familiar? Yeah. I just got to think of his name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one guy. What's your name? At least last name. Oh, Sergeant Man- Mansfield. Yeah, Mansfield. I remember him. He was a phenomenal Marine. What about him? 
Great, Marine. You wanted something done. Sergeant Mansfield was great. He was a solid, solid Marine. I would take him to combat any day of the week. He was just a solid, good Marine. And he did his he did his Marines proud and everything he did. Yeah, looks like a cool dude. He was a good guy, good guy. All right, John, how they can? Uh, okay, John, how can they get a hold of you? Um, they can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports at gmail dot com. That's ubaldireports at gmail dot com. Uh, you can check us out at Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, and let us know um, what you think. And also for Sard Mansfield, the guy could shoot. He was phenomenal. He was great. Greatest group of guys I worked with when I was at. Um, Tell them to come at, check out our range. Yeah, we're going to do a range here in uh, Port, uh, Newport Ritchie, a little above Tampa. But he's um, he was a good guy. I wonder if he lives close. He, he lives, lives in Texas. Last time I heard, he was down in Texas. Oh, okay. So uh, you can get us all american gunslinger at all social media. That's all social media with all american gunslinger. We're on YouTube, TikTok. Uh, we're on X, uh, we're on Facebook. We have a big group going on, on Facebook. We'd love for you to join. And I'll let you know this right here and right now, only on this show. Nobody else is going to know because I'm not going to tell anybody ever, unless you're on the show, you listen, you go onto our page and you can drop it. If you hear it on the show that we're opening up February 18th, 19th, the President's Day weekend. That's our goal. I said goal. That's when we want to open. And that's when everybody can come in. And we're going to have some deals. We're going to have some memberships uh, at discounted rate. And we're going to have some range cards, which are going to be freaking awesome. So check us out on All American Gunslingers on Facebook page. And we will talk to you then. And keep following you all the reports. And again, we're going to go back to our Wednesday time slot. Sorry about this week. We had other commitments came up at the last minute. So check us out, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time every Wednesday. So till then, keep following you, Baldy Reports.